Hello, everyone, and welcome to our continuation of the Shadowhunter Chronicles. Today, we'll be reviewing the first book in the Last Hour series, Chain of Gold by Cassandra Clare. And we could not be more excited. You guys know we absolutely adore the characters in the Infernal Devices, so the fact that we just get a whole series about their children is just 10 out of 10. I'm so excited to be able to talk about this, finally. Um, so this may sound familiar, but we're sent set in the 20th century London around the London Institute, but this time, like Avika mentioned, we're following the children of our favorite characters from the Infernal Devices. Will and Tessa, Gabriel and Cecily, and Sophie and Gideon all have children, and they're just like their parents, creating drama and generally being hooligans. The Carstairs arrive in London after Elias Carstairs is put on trial for a vampire attack gone wrong. In order to save their family reputation and to avoid London's society knowing that they're broke, Cordelia Carstairs needs to find a secure and advantageous marriage, but she has eyes for only one boy. <laughs> you can kind of guess who this is. Mm -hmm. James Herondale. Unfortunately, James seems to be deeply in love with a mysterious newcomer to London, Grace Blackthorne. I'm going to call her Blaze, but anyways. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> I had to say it anyways. Cordelia spends her time training with James's sister Lucy so that they can complete the parabatai ceremony and hang out with all their friends known to everyone as the Merry Thieves. As the Merry Thieves try to get to the bottom of the daylight demon attacks and save the people poisoned by an unknown entity, they realize that James, power of entering the demon James? James's. James's, yeah. I put a colon when there was not meant to be a colon. <laughs> okay, I was like, James' power? Okay, yeah, James's power of entering the demon realm may come in handy. Also, rather unfortunately, James and Lucy's grandfather, the maternal demon one, seems to be making an appearance and tries to wreak havoc on their lives. I mean, it wouldn't have been the paternal Welsh one. I just wanted to clarify because you don't, you never know. <laughs> That's true. You never know. So it was just another day as a teenager, teenager, teenage shadow hunter. I'm having trouble today. <laughs> so, okay, we're going to start off with a who's who because I personally found this very confusing because I mean, when I first read it, it had been a while since I read the Infernal Devices. So I was even like, who's even married to each other? I don't, I don't know what it's like to have that issue. I guess I'm just built different. I never had that issue. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> sorry, sorry, you're dumb. Sorry, but... sorry, your brain doesn't fire at the rate mine does. <laughs> okay, so here's a little breakdown. So James and Lucy are Will and Tessa's kids. Cordelia and Alistair are Sona and Elias Carstairs' kids. Uh, Thomas Eugen Eugenia? Eugenia, yeah. She's not really in this book, so I don't think we need to yeah. worry about pronouncing And Barbara are Sophie and Gideon Lightwood's kids. And just to make things more confusing, Christopher, Alexander, and Anna are Cecily and Gabriel Lightwood's kids. <laughs> and then Jesse Blackthorne and Grace Cartwright, but now Blackthorn, um, are Tatiana's kids and 
Rupert's I, I don't know how to word this but like Jesse is Rupert and Tatiana's son and then Rupert obviously died in the infernal devices and now we just have Grace as Tatiana's ward and I just thought that was important to mention because Tatiana is actually also a lightwood so Grace and Jesse are cousins with um all of the lightwoods there's all, a lot all of, of them. The there's yeah. six of them yeah yeah uh, just to clarify, Rupert was eaten by his father-in-law. It was a lovely, it was a lovely story. And somehow that story gets twisted. I just... Yeah, okay. somehow Tatiana's like, mm, it wasn't my father who ate my husband. It was everybody else who didn't stop my father from eating my husband. Right. Which is just, it's just such gaslighting. It's like, how dare you kill my father? It's like... Mm, what do you would you have wanted your father to eat everyone on this earth like he was literally a giant worm yeah and I'm like I don't think we were at the same event no <laughs> the way she recounts it is that they killed Rupert okay sorry we're gonna get into that a little <laughs> bit later <laughs> I'm getting off track okay so we're gonna start with Elias Carstairs he's not in this book he's only mentioned He's like a really, like, he's like a looming shadow in this book. Like, I, I always think of him as, like, the axe that's about to drop. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He's, we know that he's on trial right now um, mm-hmm. for the vampire attack. Cordelia does not really know. She, yeah, she, she's not completely aware of the fact that her dad is not actually ill. He's just, I mean, I guess he is ill, but it's not the illness that she thinks it is. And they can't use the mortal sword and everything. So he was, he, okay. Yeah. So Elias is Jem's uncle, right? Mm-hmm. And he saves Jem when Jem is 12, around 12. And he saved him from Yan Luo, which was like a really powerful, like greater demon. So you would have to assume that Elias was at least, at least 18. But honestly, like, Jem was captured for, like, what, a couple years? A year? I don't think it was a couple years. I think maybe, yeah, maybe a year. Maybe a year? Yeah, so he he would have definitely been, I would say, like, 19, 20 years old. Exactly. I, yeah, there's no way he would have been younger than that. And honestly, due to the fact that he was so mature... Like, he w- he did this amazing thing. I would even put him older at 24 because I think that younger Shadowhunters, like the 18-year-olds, like, we see um, some of the characters in this book, I'm like, there's no way they would have been able to defeat a greater demon. Yeah, so, I mean... I would put him here, closer to 24. Yeah, the point here is, like, like Elias is a lot older. Not a lot, but, like, at least... 10 years older than Jem. Exactly. Yeah. But his kids are the same age as Jem's friend's kids, who are the same age as him. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. I feel like, like, Cordelia and Alistair should have been at least, like, 10 years older than they are. Exactly. But then you're like, okay, maybe Sona was, like, younger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, Shadowhunter relationships seem to be a lot different than anything else that's happening in the world. Yeah, it's just <laughs> maybe so fact that it's fictional. But yeah. <laughs> but like they seem like like yeah, it's the 20th century and there was obviously a lot of like age 
differences, but they don't really seem to care about that. Like a lot of the marriages are people of really close age. Yeah, like people didn't even blink when when James proposed to Cordelia. They're both 17. Yeah. So anyways, then I'm like, okay, so then that would mean, at least in my head, that Sona's old, or at least the same age as Elias. Mm -hmm. But then she's pregnant? Yeah. Yeah, it's very inconsistent. Like, I I just, I don't think that Sona and Elias are the same age as the rest of the Mary Thieves' parents. I think they're at least, at the bare minimum, like, 10, 15 years older. But, you know, maybe they just, they'd had kids pretty late. Yeah, I would still, I would think that Sona is younger, though, than Elias. Oh, uh, for sure. I just think no way she would be able to get pregnant then if she was that much older. Yeah. Because they're already... Yeah. It would be a super... I mean, as it is, it's a super high-risk pregnancy, so... Do you think that she's pregnant with his kid? I honestly... I was wondering that. I'm like, I don't know, because if you think about it, if someone's an alcoholic and if they're drunk all the time, they're not going to perform they're not going to be able to you know actually get someone pregnant as easily as if you were not an alcoholic and I'm also thinking like I also think that their relationship was strained by this oh absolutely so when were they even having sex yeah any relationship would be and I think I honestly don't know and I guess maybe we'll find out in the next book a little bit more about Elias and Sona, but, like, their whole relationship is, like, kind of a mystery to me because I don't understand how that that happened. They're just so different. Yeah. So, and obviously, like, we've talked for so long about this, and that's probably the most minor thing in this book. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like that's what we do. We get caught up in really minor details, and we're like, Cassie, explain. Explain yourself. Okay. It's just a plot so, hole. It's literally just a plot hole. Another plot hole, and this, I guess, kind of relates back to our Shadowhunter biology discussion, kind of, mm-hmm. but also just... I mean, the fact that Cassandra Clare needs to learn about basic biology sometimes. Yeah, or, like, at least if Shadowhunters have their own weird-ass biology, not just Shadowhunters, but also, like, anyone in the Shadow realm, please explain it to me in detail. Like, if I got a Shadowhunter textbook, like, I would fucking read that. Yeah. Like, I have my genetics textbook right now. I yeah. barely look at it. Shadowhunter genetics textbook? Mm-hmm. I would eat that shit. I also out. feel like if you're going to make such a monster of a series, like, how big is the shadow world? You need to stay consistent. And, like, there needs to be consistency between all of the series. Like, I don't like all of this wishy-washy, like, some series they have parabatai that are super close. Some series are parabatai. Like, mm, I don't know if my parabatai is dead. Like, I don't like the inconsistencies. I think, honestly, I feel like since the dark artifices, maybe, she's been trying to get a little bit more consistent, Mm -hmm. but that's also because I don't think that she was going to be writing so much more. Yeah, and, like, we do see you, Cassandra Clare, we do see you growing as an author with all of, like, there's so many more people who are, like, openly out and, like, gay in this book, like, Anna, and even, like, Alistair I would say like he's maybe he's not comfortable in his sexuality but it's still like you know a thing he acknowledges Matthew and like Hell Ruel and all of that and we also see that like she's trying with the people of color like hmm Thomas and Charles Thomas and Charles yeah like she's she's really trying like Cordelia and Alistair are like half brown so that's good and we see you Cassie but we also have an issue with your biology (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. So now let's get into what my actual problem is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't understand. Okay, no. So from what I understand, like Cassie has told me that Belial cannot walk on this earth. That, yeah, that's his curse. Mm-hmm. And not only can he not walk on this earth, but he's fucking mad about it. Like, that's like a big premise of this book is he wants to use James mm-hmm. to be able to walk on earth, to be able to honestly, like, dude, get over it. There's so many realms, just do something else. But anyways. Oh, well, of course you want to go to the realm you can't go to. The grass is always green on the other side. <sighs> okay, but anyways, and when he possesses a person, their body deteriorates unless they have his blood, hence the James thing. Um, so then how did he get Elizabeth pregnant? There's two possibilities. One is that he walked on Earth, which we have stated already that he cannot do. Mm-hmm. And the second is that he possessed Richard. But in that case, Richard would have died right away. Yeah. And at the same like I'm wondering if a demon possesses someone and if they procreate, is it the demon sperm being used to, to make the child or is it the person that they're possessing's sperm? Because if you're going by proper biology, it's just the soul that's changing, right? It's not the biological composition. I- Hmm? don't know if there's proper biology i mean true i, I mean proper biology you're definitely right but i would think that it's like still richard's sperm so even if belial had possessed richard like then tessa would have just been richard and elizabeth's kid like it would she i would agree mortmain so. said in the infernal devices like that it wasn't actually richard like it was a thing disguised yeah, it was a demon it was an yeah. edelon demon or whatever something like that disguised like, oh, as remember this. he's like oh perhaps we can we can like summon the thing that fathered you like first of all i don't think you would refer to a prince of hell as a thing i think that's disrespectful and I, if i was belial i'd be like don't you call me a thing yeah i would smite him mm-hmm. i'd be like die well i mean maybe not i can't reach earth but mm, i don't know he has his way so okay and then the other thing is that this is not, like, directly, like, the Herondales have this Belial blood in their veins mm-hmm. because of Tessa and then the kids and whatever. And then, so, but we never see that in, like, the future set series. And I know it's because Cassie didn't know she'd be writing this, but still. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, also, the only Herondale that we really get close with is, like, Kit and Jace. And, with, and we don't, I feel like we don't know enough about Kit yet. Yeah, we don't know enough about Kit, but with Jace, he's plenty of abnormal. Like, he's abnormally annoying, he's abnormally cocky, and this could be due to the demon blood, but it also could have been counteracted with the angel blood he was injected with. Like, it could have just made him, like, normal, and he's just a shit person. So, no, but that's what I think is funny. Okay, but also, his demon blood would have been so diluted by now. Yeah. That I think that it's basically non-existent, but it's also demon blood, so it's definitely still there. But in the series, in the Mortal Instruments, he's all, like, broody, and he's like, I have demon blood. That's why I am obsessed with my sister (laughs) and want to date her. 
and then they find out no you guys aren't related and you actually have angel blood it doesn't make that whole thing okay but then now we know that technically yes you did have demon blood yeah now you know like the herondales the herondales have a lot of like oh herondales can see ghosts oh herondales all have that special scar oh herondales blah blah blah. it's like but the special scars started with will yeah that's very true but like see they they have a lot of characteristics like this family in particular yeah but anyways so moving from the biology which we spent an inordinate amount of time on because we're insane okay (laughs) um we're gonna move on to like more categories about the characters so something about our review is like we don't really review the plot too too much (laughs) because we're more interested in like the characters themselves the plot it's like it's fine it's like you know daylight it's a plot things happen yeah like people are poison like they need to find the antidote to the poison but we're not interested in the plot we're interested in the drama starting with tatiana and grace oh are we starting with tatiana and grace no we're we're starting with (laughs) jesse okay i was like oh did i miss something okay so okay cassie has mentioned that this family tree that she made at the end of clockwork princess like in the dust cover jacket thingy is not canon anymore so are we to presume that lucy has married this ghost man okay for those of you who don't know um at the end of clockwork princess if you have the hardcover special or collector's first edition there's a family tree if you take off the cover and it says that lucy marries jesse blackthorn And I feel like if anyone's going to marry a ghost, it's going to be Lucy because, well, one, she can command them, which I think is super fun. And two, I think it's her turn. Like, her dad's pretty quirky. He married a warlock. I think that she could totally marry this ghost. I don't know if they'd be able to procreate at all. I don't know how their relationship would work. Supposedly they do, though. I mean... But again, this is not canon. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't know. Maybe she raises him from the dead. I'm very uncertain. I don't really know, but... But at the end of this book, we know that Grace and Lucy are going to attempt to raise him. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe they're successful, but I also feel like necromancy is, like, super, super, super dark, and I don't really want Lucy to get into that. Yeah, and again like even if you raise him from the dead like let's say yes a mission accomplished do his um sex organs still function the same that would be the least of my problems that would be the last question i would ask this man who's been dead for god knows how long well i mean i, I don't even know if he's dead he's like half seven years he's been dead for seven years yeah he's like halfway between living and dead I think but it was still, so nice of him, though, to give to give James his last breath. I do like him for that. Oh, so cute. I, wow. Okay. <laughs> ah! <laughs> now we'll go to Tatiana and Grace. Yeah. So, this is coming back to our little... Worm discussion. Our little worm discussion. Worm discussion, yeah. So you're telling me that Tatiana blames Gideon, Will, Gabriel, and Cecily for the murder of her father and husband when her father was having sex with demons mm-hmm. and turned into a giant worm and ate her husband. Okay, well, I'm no psychiatrist or psychologist. I'm literally just like 
just a random person with like two brain cells but I I would say that Tatiana has a lot she's doing a lot of like repression and projection and just just a lot of things and like obviously I feel like she feels so much grief and so much I guess maybe even guilt to some degree and she's taking it out on them which is a completely normal thing to do in your grief but she takes it to the insane side you know what I mean like she like you know like she just does things that are insane like she's so rude to Grace she's literally letting all of her houses fall into disrepair because she can't be bothered to like fix it up and she literally wears old hats with like stuffed vultures on them there wears the same outfit yeah every single day yeah how psychotic is that like first of all does it not look frumpy now like does it Oh, she she absolutely would look so frumpy, but then you see Grace always dressed to the nines. It's like, also, is she not smelly as fuck? Like, she's been wearing the same outfit for the past 20 odd years. Gosh, gosh, no, so long. I just, I don't understand because it's not like the Blackthorns are poor. They are one of the oldest shadow hunting family. So the fact that Tatiana went insane through her grief of losing her father and her husband is understandable. Like, fine, go insane. You did lose a lot of people, but she's more than insane. She's like evilly insane. Mm -hmm. So I'm also kind of confused about that because like when they were growing up, I don't exactly remember what her relationship was like with Gabriel and Gideon but I know that Gabriel really hated Will because Tatiana had a crush on Will Mm -hmm. and Will made fun of her so I assume that they were like normal like siblings yeah I would say so because I understand blaming Will for her dad dying maybe not her husband but why did she have to go so hard on her brother's I think it's because they sided with Will because when she was like, oh, I want everybody to condemn Will, Gabriel and Gideon were like, no, like, he literally just saved your life. And so she's like, wow, by association, I hate you. That's true. It's just, it's so weird how she can so quickly turn against like her brothers. It's so weird to me how the shadow hunting community just let Tatiana live as she has. Like she's clearly an insane goon who yeah. really is not correct. And gosh, no, like, they literally let her live with her son in an old damaged mansion and they didn't do anything. Like, I feel like there's not that many shadow hunters like where they were living. They could have done a, like a welfare check. They could have been like, hey, maybe let's take her kids from her because she's literally insane. Oh my God. Why would they give her another child? Yeah. Why would they give her grace? <laughs> also, like, I don't, I just... I don't get, like, shoot, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I just don't understand her. No, there's there's nothing to understand with Tatiana. It's more like you just need to, I feel like in this book, she just needs to be there to be one of the bad guys, you know? Like, she's just there to propel the plot. Nothing about her makes too much sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, get, I suppose... We will talk about something else. I suppose we'll move on to our favorite topic. Actually, this is not my favorite topic, but James and Cordelia. Okay, wait. Can we go back to Tatiana? I remembered my thing. Is She's not living as a shadow hunter, as a productive member of society. 
she's not raising her children as shadow hunters. So why don't the shadow council people just be like, get the fuck out of here. Just go to the human world. You hate us that much. Yeah, that's true. And I don't, I, nothing Tatiana does makes sense. So she's like her personality and like her decisions are it's like, it's like me trying to grab water. Like I can't predict anything she's going to do. I don't understand her motives. Like I really just don't understand her. And it's very frustrating for me. Okay. Back to Cordelia. And Back James. to Cordelia and James, which is like my not favorite topic, but a pretty good topic to talk about. <laughs> I love them so much. And since the beginning, and it also hurts my heart because, like, you see Cordelia and she's, like, she has this childhood crush on this guy. And he's obsessed with a girl who has the personality of a post box. Literally. But also, Lucy's, like, oh, yeah, I heard that my brother likes this new girl coming to town. And she's literally a new girl in town. So then she has this kind of false hope until she gets left on the dance floor. Yeah. But of course, our queen, Matthew, oh my god, the way that I would, I would thank Matthew if he spat on me. I adore Matthew. Like, I know he's emo. I know he's going through a hard time. But I think I relate to him. And I just want to give him a hug. I, Matthew's just amazing. And I feel so bad for him. And I agree, like, all I want to do and all I want is him to be saved. I think Matthew gives me a lot of will energy. For some Honestly, more more than James. More than James does. Like I understand that James is very similar to Will, but in terms of like how lonely and sad that Will was when he knew he was cursed, like I feel like Matthew is like I think Matthew thinks he's cursed. Like I there's something about him. He he's done something. Obviously, we know he thinks he's done something. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it is yet, but I think it weighs on him so much that it acts as a sort of curse. Agreed. Okay. <sighs> The way he just starts dancing with her after James, like, literal idiot, Mm -hmm. leaves her stranded on the dance floor. Like, literally, she doesn't know anybody. You cannot do. No. In this day and age. Not in that day and age. Her reputation could have been ruined if she was just left there. Like, no one would want to dance with someone who James Herondale rejected. (sighs) That was rude of James. I think... I think James liking Grace is crazy. It's literally crazy. But you know what was hot? The whispering room. The wh- that was hot. God. That was hot. Yeah. But I feel so bad for Matthew. Listen, I can sense a love triangle or something of a sort budding. And I would not be mad if she made out with either Matthew or James. That's just the way it goes. Because, you know, I have issues with James. Namely, the fact that he kind of treats Cordelia like shit. But, I, you know, he's still Will's son. And I'll still stand by him. I know. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, I would be so happy no matter who she ends up with as long as the other person is happy. As long as the other person knows what an absolute diamond that they have. Because Cordelia is just, there's, I have no bad things to say about her. Normally I have like one or two bad things to say about, especially Cassandra Clare's characters. Nothing. I love her. I literally love her so much. She's my favorite. Like, yeah. I think she's my famous, famous, favorite female protagonist Cassandra Clare has ever written about. Okay. Like same, but not same. Not same because like nostalgia for Tessa. Yeah. Yeah. But same because like 
she's kind of a like I don't know a queen <laughs> yeah like queen. Oh, at hell Ruel, where she's just like you're being poisoned I was like damn girl damn <laughs> her performance mm, yeah yeah I that's like probably like I, I might like that scene more than, like, the Whispering Room. Yeah, like, Cordelia is just, and, like, the way she stabbed Belial and she saved James, like, yeah. she is the hero of this story. It's not James. It's not Matthew. It's Cordelia. And I love that. I love that. And I love, compared to, like, the Mortal Instruments and um, the Infernal Devices, all the characters that we're seeing have been a part of the Shadow World. Like, before we saw Clary entering and finding out about this world and Tessa being kidnapped and finding out about this world, but we're just, like, thrown right into it. So she's already had all this training for so many years. Like, she is strong. Yeah, like, she... she do all this stuff. The, those other girls, like, at the beginning, they were weak and had to be saved because they literally could not do anything. Yeah, yeah. But then they, they learned to be a bad bitch. Like, this yeah. is kind of similar so, to, like, Emma... I can exactly see how Emma and Cordelia are both car stairs. Like, they remind me so much of each other. Like, they're both just bad bitches. What I don't see is how Emma, Whitey McWhiteson, would be related to Cordelia. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Perhaps, I don't know, there was just a lot of white people <laughs> that they married. <laughs> like, yeah. like I mean, what Cordelia- Cordelia's line would have to continue... But would it even be Cordelia's line? It would be Alistair's line. line. Yeah. They would have just had to marry. And they're they're half white themselves, so. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, there's no hint. There's no touch of Persian left in Emma. No. There's (laughs) really, I mean, isn't her middle name Cordelia? Yeah. But that's it. I mean, Cordelia, is that even a Persian name? No, I don't even think so. I think their middle names are Persian, like Cordelia's and Alisha. I'm not even going to try to pronounce them, but I believe that they are, like, ethnic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Alistair, I went into this book fully believing that I would want to, like, kick him into the next dimension, and I just fell in love with him because he's he's just a little baby. Like, I just want to protect him. And him and Thomas ooh that's spicy oh my god I love how he's just like you know what fuck you Charles yeah yeah this is done yeah and Charles is like no but we can nope I like the self-respect that he has for himself like he he knew that being with Charles is less than what he deserved which Mm -hmm. I really respect for him I also think he's really cute with Cordelia (laughs) He's, yeah, he's, like, big brother. It's cute. It's really But I also, like, I feel that, like, I know he has his own issues. Mm -hmm. And you can tell, like, with him dyeing his hair blonde. Mm -hmm. um, Because he doesn't really like his Persian side, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or whatever. Like, I feel bad for him in that sense. Because he has a lot of self-hatred. But at the same time, He's literally like, fuck you to everyone else. Yeah. I think that's just, like, the angsty teen coming out. Like, didn't we all go through that phase? Like, I don't think he should be condemned for it. Like, yeah, yeah. he did some pretty shitty things, but he really tries to atone. I feel like he really does try to atone. They just He does. They don't it let breaks him. my heart. They don't but, let him. Because they don't let him, but Thomas does mm-hmm. up until the end. Mm-hmm. When he's like, oh, yeah, like, Alistair was, like, one of the people. I don't really know actually what Thomas just suddenly got so mad at Alistair about like did he not know 
that Alistair was also spreading rumors? I don't know. Maybe it was just because, I don't even, you know the whole Maybe specifically he didn't know about the rumors he spread about Thomas's parents. Yeah, I think Thomas was just living in Paris. Like, he was just like, oh, Paris Alistair is the true Alistair. And then he finds out that, like, in reality, Alistair was, like, a freaking bully. And, like, there's, like, that cognitive dissonance between, like, the two Alistairs. But the thing is, like, he got bullied by Alistair. I maybe maybe how nice Alistair was in Paris just yeah. that for him. I mean the Paris scene was it was adorable. It was I loved great. it. I loved it so much. And the way that like Thomas doesn't want to show his tattoo to anyone, but then Alistair's like, Can I see it? And he's just and like, he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> he's like, okay. I think oh. they're so cute together. I think the whole Mary Thieves, I think they're the cutest friend group in ever. Really Literally in ever. They are. And, and they I all love, have, like, their own thing. Yeah, I love how they hang out in the Devil's Tavern. And, like, Matthew and James together are so funny. Yeah. They're so, they remind me so much of Will. Both of them remind me of Will. Yeah. Gem who? Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they don't, I guess they don't really need a gem because the gem role is just gem. Like, gem is just the same age as them. Also, did James not know that he was named after Jem? Because at one point, like, Will calls Jem James, and James is like, James? And I'm like, no, I think, dude. I think he did know. I just think it's kind of jarring hearing, like, your name yeah. from your father's mouth, but, like, when he's not addressing you. Like, if yeah. someone, if my mom was, like, Avika, and, like, I knew I was named after someone named Avika, I would still be like, what do you want? Honestly, justice for Ella. <laughs> yeah, where's her name? <laughs> Like, Lucy could have totally been named Ella. Will spent mm, six years of his life thinking that he's the reason that his sister is dead. He basically felt as if he murdered her. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, wait, I didn't? Okay. Okay. Ella well, who? Let's name my daughter after our favorite character in The Tale of Two Cities, which is, I, I don't know if this is actually why they named her Lucy I just know that like Lucy is a character in the Tale of Two Cities and they do talk about that book a lot they do talk it about would that. make sense it would make a lot of sense mm-hmm. and I love how their kids are just like little versions of them I know. and they're I, like they like reading too and she likes story writing like Lucy I love and her seeing story. Will and Tessa's relationship through the kids eyes because it's just like oh my god it's so satisfying to, yeah. to read they're Aww. so cute all of the parents are so cute like even like gabriel and and cecily i feel so bad for sophie and gideon like barbara dying like they've already been through so much and then barbara had to go die that's horrible sophie's situation is probably like not the most traumatic like yeah tessa went through a lot yeah but but for like kind of a side-ish character like the she got, like, assaulted at her last job. Yeah. And then that dude cut her face. I was like, wow, no one's gonna like you yeah. now. And she was literally mutilated. Yeah. And, and then she was treated like shit by Jessamine. And then Gideon dies way before her. We learned this in, in the epilogue of Clockwork Princess. Oh. Mm-hmm. Let's not talk about the epilogue of Clockwork Princess. It's, it's a very touchy subject here. <laughs> you know what? I don't even believe that that might be canon anymore. Oh, gosh. It's literally written in the book. It doesn't matter if it's canon or not. It is it is what it is. She can't just be like, I take it back. I don't think 
through anymore. No. She literally... You literally can't. No, she literally cannot. Do we but have anything more? I honestly, I think that's it. I think it's time for the ratings. Um, I would give this book an A+. Um, I literally almost pissed myself during the ending. I literally did. Because Cordelia and James... I don't know if that's the information you want to share with people. No, like I did. And I want everyone to know that. Cordelia and James getting engaged, whether it be a sham or not, was just exactly what my soul needed. Um... <laughs> It was so funny. It was well-written. I mean, more well-written than any other Cassandra Clare books. It's still, like, middle grade, for sure. Um, no. No, not middle, middle, middle. Like, like high schoolish. Like, it's not, like, you don't require... It's, not, it's, it's YA, but yeah. it's, like, it's closer to YA than, like, new adult. Yeah, yeah. That's a very good way of putting it. You can definitely, like, it's an easy read. It's funny. It keeps you entertained. I really, really love the characters, especially Cordelia. And that, you know, added to the overall enjoyment of the book. I I would also give this an A+. I absolutely like adore... <laughs> hey, you know what? Shut up. <laughs> I loved all the characters. And I honestly, like, I really loved... Magnus just being there like he was just like he would just pull up and Matthew was just like obsessed with him his waistcoats oh that's so <laughs> yeah cute. yeah also I'm realizing now that we didn't really talk much about Anna oh we? we love Anna we love Anna we, love, we 10 out of 10 her bohemian lifestyle the way that she is oh I love her he's like her own person like she's not really following any type of rule she doesn't want to mm-hmm. but in like a good way like it's not like she's just out there like murdering people no she um, she's like a really genuinely nice person like the way like she helped cordelia so much like when she gave her the trousseau of dresses because yeah cordelia looked like a like a pastry her other ones agreed and she like invited her over for tea mm-hmm. when like cordelia didn't have that many connections yet yeah and everything. Anna literally seduces people to get where she wants to be and I think that's very admirable use your assets honestly mm-hmm. okay so I think that's all that we have for you guys today make sure to follow at yappin with us on Instagram TikTok and Twitter the question we will leave y'all with today is what do you think the future of Cordelia and James's relationship is Thank you for listening, and we will meet you in another book world.